that community creation, whether you're building a Facebook community, a book following, a brand, a business, like it's so important to understand like what people want and why you are the right person to give that to them. So I think it's just such a fantastic thing. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am ridiculously excited for this week's guest. You guys know I just got back from this amazing conference in Dallas, and this amazing woman was somebody that I got to connect with there. And I said it while I was at the conference, and I'll say it to you guys again, if this was the only connection I made, it would have been completely worth the trip. So I am so excited to share her knowledge and expertise and just wonderful, genuine personality with you. Honoré Carter is an empire builder with more than a dozen six and seven figure income streams. She's executive and strategic book coach, TEDx speaker, and author of more than 50 books. Yes, that's not a typo, more than 50 books, including You Must Write a Book, with over 4 million books sold worldwide. Honoré's passionately mentors aspiring empire builders, coaching them to write, publish, and monetize their books, create a platform, and develop multiple streams of income. You can find more about her at honorecarter.com, or if you are in the Success Center Facebook community, you can type your questions into the live stream, as we always live stream those there. Before we jump into this interview, I want to take a minute to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions. We've just created a book club to allow you to not only access amazing authors like Honoré, to be able to expand your perception of the way that the world works, what's possible, see where people have come from, get the perspective of other people in the book club, and then the really cool thing is connect with the authors themselves that wrote the book and ask your questions. If that sounds like something that that would interest you or help you reach the next level in your business, click on the Calendly link or comment underneath this video and we'll jump on a call and figure out if it's a good fit for you. With that being said, let's go ahead and talk to Honoré. Hi. What's up, lady? How are What's you? Up? Hi. I miss you already. I, I miss <laughs> you too. I mean, it's just like Nashville, Honoré, together, Ugh, all the Come on. So. Come on down. Um, I am so thankful to have you here. Um, we mm. saw in or heard in your intro that you have over 50 books. So I have to know when you started writing, was it like, oh my gosh, I'm going to write 50 books or did it just keep happening? Like, how does someone write 50 books? Um, very carefully. <laughs> so no, I actually wrote my first book because I was told you, everyone is a coach and a speaker. 
Mark Victor Hansen, co-creator of Chicken Soup of the Soul said, everyone is a coach and a speaker, you must write a book. You wanna differentiate yourself, you wanna set yourself apart, you have to have a book to hand out if you want to stand out. And my first thought with my personality was, oh sure, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just whip that right up, Mark, thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that up, great advice. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. And I just took the advice and then I got what I call the. So when someone is writing a book, but very often they'll say, oh, and then I had another idea for a book and I had another idea for a book and like they get this look in their eyes like they have fever. So I'm like, oh, you have the fever. Excellent. Welcome. <laughs> yes. You know, it's crazy because we just had this conversation, right? My yes. first book isn't out and all of a sudden I have the title for my second book. The key is to get yourself to finish the first one before you uh -huh. allow yourself to start on the second one, right? So you kind of get that, that finish or maybe well, not. I, I usually have three that I'm working on. So when I was really, yeah, so I always had the book that I was noodling on, right? So the book that's the next one while I'm writing a book. And then the production phase is quite extensive. And there's a lot of sitting around that goes on. Yeah. So while you're that. waiting for editors to do things and graphic designers to do things, you're kind of sitting there and it's very tempting to want to tell the world about your book. So rather than ruin things other conversations for another day, you can then get busy with your next book. So I always had or have three books. And then if there are other book babies in the wings, I'm like, okay, hold on. You just have to wait your turn. <laughs> yeah. Book babies, the new term yeah. book babies, right? I like wow. it. Um, so let's, before we dig into your story, and I think we'll dig um, pull a little bit out of it as we go. But um, let's talk about common misconceptions. What are you saying to the person that says, I don't have anything to say to anyone? Um, hmm, gosh, everyone has expertise or knowledge or insight or advice that they are giving to people on a regular basis, whether it is something they went to college for or something they went to the school of life for. And that yeah. is that is the knowledge that I think they would benefit from putting into a book. What advice do you have for somebody that's out there saying, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I'm not even sure I know how to put words in sentences. I would start with asking a lot of questions. What's the, what is the thing that you wish you knew before pain and suffering? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps that would be where you would start. I have written a number of my books to a younger me. Like, here's the advice that I wish I had had. I wish I had had a me. And so here is the advice I'm putting into writing for the person who is a little behind me on the path and would benefit from some wisdom and experience and some advice. Sometimes people want to learn about something, go deep into a subject, and there is no other process other than maybe getting a PhD, which I wouldn't know, I'm guessing. Right? Did you have to write a document to pass law school? Like you had um, to pass the bar, yeah, right? But you probably bar. had to write a few documents. I'm just guessing because they teach y'all how to write like a boss. Um, so I would imagine that it's not unlike that process where you have to do some research and you get to dive into a topic that's interesting. So when I'm researching a book, I'm reading all the other books. Oh, darn. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> We all it's know how awful. much I hate reading. Oh my gosh, I have to go learn something, which is one of my favorite things. I get to go learn from other authors. Oh darn, terrible. I have to spend time 
reading. Oh, please don't make me. I mean, the list of like miserableness goes on and on. Um, so there's no process like writing a book other than what I've just um, hallucinated about right there. Because <laughs> I wouldn't know, but I'm guessing. Uh, it uh, allows you to go really deep into a subject you are already interested in learning about anyway. It's kind of an excuse like, oh, I'm writing a book. I have to read. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. know, it's, I'm, I'm glad that you said that because I feel like this can go beyond just the book writing process, right? Like if yep. we're talking about what business do you want to start? What career do you want to have? Too many people think, oh, well, I like doing this. So obviously that can't be my business. And then they go do something that they hate and they end up eventually yeah. coming back to this. So I think that like delve into things that you love is such good advice for basically life, man. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I had someone ask me today, I did a webinar today and I had someone ask me the question, what do you think about writing in different genres? And I said, if your overall reason for writing a book is not money, right? If you're writing something because you need to create a stream of money, then, or you need, you need money to come from the book, then you want to focus, focus, right? Stay focused. But if you have the ability to write about different things, write about different things, like follow your bliss, follow your passion, all things that were interesting to me or that I felt would be beneficial to my readers or both. Yeah. So when we were at this conference in Dallas um, that was held by the Success Finder and Brandon Straza, um, one of the things that sticks in my head is the phrase that kept being repeated. Um, you learn to know, you know, to share or you, you know to teach, you teach to share, and you share with yep. passion, right? Yep. Yep. And one of the reasons that I love this phrase so much is because it reminds me that you don't actually have to know everything about everything to teach somebody something about that topic, right? That's right. And That's that right. you can share and teach and learn at the same time. And I feel like that imposter syndrome stops so many people. Oh, it does. Absolutely. And I don't know everything. Right. I know a lot about about the book writing process, about writing, about editing, about all of the different aspects. But I am in school. Make no mistake. I am as much student as professor when I am teaching. I am still open to correction. And a lot of times people who have deep knowledge in an area that I have what I would consider moderate knowledge because I'm not an editor. So I can say, here are the different types of editing and here's what you're looking for in an editor, but I am not an editor. So I have only so much depth of my knowledge. So when an editor who's been 30 years as an editor takes my course or interacts with me, I'm always like, tell me what I don't know. Give me more, give me more. Cause I'm thirsty to know more. And I don't, I'm, I'm not going to fool myself that I know everything, right, it, ever. And also, isn't everything about everything always changing and evolving and expanding? So just if for one millisecond I knew everything, the next millisecond I'm out of luck because yes, guess it's all it's over. Keep learning. But but again, then there's always a new book that comes out, and I'm like, oh gosh, I have to read that book because I got to make sure that I know everything that's in that book. And if I don't, what's the new information or what are the distinctions or what are the differences that I need to know so that I can pass that on? Yeah. Um, 
Have you always been the type of person that has been so open to being taught? Um, I feel like so many times that wall comes up where we see um, somebody giving us feedback as criticism instead of constructive feedback that we can learn from. Have you always been welcome to that or was that something that changed for you? Um, I would love to say, Amber, that I am perfect in every way and have always been. <laughs> <laughs> However, lest anyone hearing this throw up, <laughs> right? Like, oh, wait a second. Hello. No, I, um, I don't know. That's a great, that is a great question. I would like to think I have always been open to feedback. I think as I take day by day, um, feedback, um, I like to think that I get better at not getting defensive or justifying that I just have learned to say thank you to input, feedback, compliments. I wrote about in one of my books about having the same level of energy on someone who is criticizing you as someone who is complimenting you. In other words, when if someone if someone listens to your podcast and they say you are the best person in the world you're the best lawyer in the world you're the best podcast host in the world if that's the thing that makes your day then that means that someone who's like you're the worst 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 is also going to ruin your day so the so for me i try to temper how much energy I give something to how well someone actually knows me. You know, that's really interesting um, because I've never thought of it like that before. I think that I, I've noticed how much better I take constructive feedback than I take compliments because you expect the constructive feedback, right? Let me grow. And then the compliments we deflect. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and I've tried really hard to become the person that says thank you to the compliments, like thank you for allowing me to receive yeah. that, right? Right. But to say that if the compliments give you this energy, then mm -hmm. that means that the constructive feedback is giving you that yeah. other side of energy. That's it. That's interesting. And, and it's I've a never thought about that before. It's a vulnerability that I think people could do without honestly, that it doesn't help someone to live on the likes and the shares, the likes, the loves and the shares, the double tapping of the heart, the yeah. five star reviews on their books, but then they get a one star review and it sh it shakes them, right? So it's like, oh, five star, five star, five star, five star hair flip. I must be doing great. And then yeah. someone gives you a one star or says that you are terrible or your writing is terrible or you're an idiot or you don't know what you're doing. This person doesn't know you from Adam. And the person giving you the five-star review doesn't know you from Adam. They are critiquing your book. They are critiquing your work. Yeah. I reserve I reserve that deep uh, feedback receptiveness to, like, my husband. If my husband's like, this is bad, what you're doing or who you're being, These are this is not good, I'm like, oh, I better listen. But if some rando off the street, <laughs> it's like, you're a terrible person. I'm like, you just don't know. You don't know yeah. enough to have an opinion. So I can't, I can't give you weight. Yeah. That makes sense. And so I yeah. don't, I try to stay neutral to all of the, your wonderfuls 
and also the you're terribles. And then I don't live, I don't have my boat in water that's dependent upon the weather. My boat is, I'm good. I'm on land. I'm solid. Yeah, that's such amazing advice. You know, one of my favorite quotes of all time is from Brene Brown, who is like my personal hero. Um, I love Brene Brown. And she has in her TED Talk when she talks about looking at the comments from her first Mm -hmm. TED Talk. Mm -hmm. And she talks about how she created the mentality that if you're not also in the arena getting your ass kicked, I'm not interested in your opinion. That's right. And that has always been, well, not always, the last two years that has been the way that I've lived um, is like, of course, it bothers you when somebody says something. And is this the person that you actually care what their feedback is? It's not, of course, you care that they say something. It's you just make a notice. It's just a notice like, huh, they somebody said you this is the best podcast I've ever listened to five stars, share it and tell everybody wow, that's really nice. That's super nice. But not like, I'm not going to levitate now. Right. Right. And then this is terrible or you're terrible or you did a terrible job or whatever. Okay. Thank you. That's it. I had a mentor who just said, when someone says you look wonderful, say thank you. When someone says you're horrible, say thank you. And just let it go. And I was like, wow, that's the dumbest advice I've ever heard. I'm never going to do that, but it always stayed with me. And so here we are, here we are 30 years later. And I'm going, that's, that was really wise advice. That was really wise advice. Just stay neutral. And it allows me, I don't know what it would allow you to do, but it allows me to stay sane in a world that can sometimes feel a little insane. Yeah. I mean, I think coming from the legal field where everybody wants to be the top 10 of whatever, right? And mm-hmm. and it's a very much yes. similar to at least some of the book awards that are out there. It's very much pay to play. So you get your award and you just wonder, like when you learn about it, you're like, how much did this award cost me? Right. Um, And there are a few exceptions. I'll put that out there, that there are a few exceptions in, in the legal world where they are based upon merit. And I'm sure that there are in the book world as well, but there's so many awards that we tie our identities to that means so little. Right. Well, in your world, I think it's called business development. In my world, it's called book sales. (laughs) Which is also called business development, right? Right. Which is also called business. Yes. I just, I just, um, I like to encourage people to just be neutral, just to kind of, and to be the person that tells yourself great things and not tell yourself negative things. Because a lot of what's going on is right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because before I even thought about writing a book ever, and while I was at a conference listening to somebody talk about books, and I thought, man, that sounds like a lot of work. Like I like reading them, but I'm sure it's a lot of work. Um, She was asking who wanted to be a speaker. And of course, my hand went up and she said, if you speak without a book, you better be prepared for the backlash. And I said, what do you mean by backlash? And she told this story of a woman who walked up to her after she had given this amazing speech and said, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Where can I find more information? She's like, well, what do you mean? 
And she says, well, where, like, where's the book? And she's like, oh, well, I actually don't have it out right now. And the woman got angry with her and was like, how dare you get me so excited about what we could do together? And then just like, leave me hanging, right? Like I want more. Oh. And I thought that's so interesting. And sure. she's like, I realized then that when you believe in your product and service and your message and the change that you can make in the world. And then you go out and you share that and you don't have a way for people to really dig into what you're saying that you're actually doing them a disservice. And it was the first time that I ever thought about yeah. it that way. Yeah. Give some, give someone a place to go that is, that allows them to hear your voice in their head and decide if they like it. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I love talking to people about, because I love seeing people's journeys, um, I think that when we are looking at someone, it's easy for us to think, oh, they must have just wanted to do this their whole life, right? And right. then we realize that they had the same twists and turns, different twists and turns, but the same type of twists and turns sure. yes. that we had. So did you always want to be an author? What did young no. Honor Ray want to be? I wanted to be an Olympian. In what sport? Running. Okay. Yeah. And I did you run competitively? Olympics. I did. I ran competitively and I, uh, my life uh, took those twists and turns that you mentioned. And so I never did finish. I never did finish what I started. And do you still run? I do not. I, I'm still a worker outer. <laughs> yes, I know. Couch. For anybody yes. who thinks that people don't work out in hotel rooms, I can tell you the honoré is proof that that is wrong. Because I think you were in the gym every single day in Texas, and I was so proud I of was. you. I was. I was. So disappointed in me. I am. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm still a worker outer. I don't I don't still run. A few years ago, someone said to me, we're going to run the nashville rock and roll half marathon and i or the marathon and i said no i've already done marathons check i'm out there's a lot that goes into training for a marathon mm -hmm. so i thought i would do the half marathon and i got into my training and my knees and my hips said no i don't think so i don't think <laughs> i'm pretty sure no i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure no not, i'm pretty sure this isn't going to work for us and so now i do on-demand programs and I take my dog for a lot of walks. So I'm very active because I love, I just, I'm always looking for the next, like the next level. So like right now I'm on the tricep pushups and I'm feeling very GI Jane. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Those are tough, man. So they are, they are. And what's interesting is just seeing the gains, right? Week over week. It's like, Oh, I just got a little bit. Oh, just did one more. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's still in there, which is great. But for me, that's, that's all I need. And I love it. And I get the endorphin hit and then I get on with my day. You know, so I'm curious to know, because when I found running, which I hate, by the way, with every bone of my body, um, <laughs> but I love obstacle course racing, which is kind of this oxymoron, yeah. right? Yeah. I need the mud and the water and the walls to break up the running, even okay. though I'm putting in much more effort than I yeah. would be if I just yeah. went, right? Just went running. That's the way the yeah. mind works. Um, and when I found it, it was something that I needed in order to function. It was something that wasn't a part of my everyday. It was something that mm. gave me new purpose. And then mm -hmm. when I started to heal, I 
realized that I had separated myself from the community because I no longer had anything to prove in that world. And I'm, I'm wondering how much of that existed for you where you thought, and it may be none, I'm just curious. Mm. Um, I need to do a marathon because I can. And then you started to run it and you were like, I actually don't need to do that. Was there any part of that for you? No, it was more camaraderie with my colleagues. It was just a few guys that are all in the indie author world and they were all going to run the marathon and they were like, you're going to do it too. And I was like, I have a decade or 15 years on you. And they're like, we don't care. You're going to do it anyway. And then I just was like, I'm, I, I, I am past that point in my life where I'm like, oh, I have to just fall on my sword and do it anyway. Yeah. So I was like, so guess what? I'll be your pit crew or I won't yeah. come. <laughs> do you think passing? That? Yeah. Do you think passing that time comes with age? experience yes. or both? Um, unfortunately, um, either or both. I wish it's something I could just hand somebody. I would like to hand someone who's 20 or 25 the, the empty bucket, right? Where yeah. Like, Let me look in my bucket. Nope. I do not care. There's nothing in there for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. I would love to, I would love to have gotten there much sooner. Uh, once you're there, it's hard. you cannot go back. <laughs> it's a good place. It, it is definitely a good place to be. And mm -hmm. it's really interesting when you're there and other people in your life aren't. Yes. But they knew you before you entered that place. Yes. And you're trying to reconcile those relationships with this new mentality. Yes. It, and, and actually, it's not just that particular stage, Amber, it's every, people know you as a certain person, as a certain age, or as a certain type of person or in a certain profession. And then when you show up as an expanded person who has grown in some way or another, if they haven't, sometimes it's really hard to connect. I heard much earlier on in my life, someone comes into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And there have been so many relationships that I have thought lifetime. Yeah. And they were more reason or season. And so I have just gotten used to reason and season. And when I find the lifetime relationships, I'm really much more grateful. I don't take for granted that everything is lifetime in length now. I, I wait and see. I'm not in such a hurry to, to determine yeah. yeah. Relationships are pretty amazing things um, yes. because of how long or short they can last and how it's not always the long ones that bring you the most fulfillment. Like you can have this yeah. amazingly yeah. transformational relationship with somebody that you see once in an airport and never see again. And, and I forgot that for a long time. Mm. So I, I love that saying because you know, the people that listen to this have heard me talk about how I used to not talk to people in airports, which you and I connected at Dallas. So like we were very open and chatty and, yeah. and that may be hard to believe, but I, um, I thought I'm never going to see this person again. Why should I expend energy on this? And interesting. I know yeah. people like that. I've never been like that, but I've encountered people like that. And I, I had one serve me lunch yesterday, the gal who was serving me lunch I was like, how was your morning? Fine and yours. Yeah. And she just, she was 
wrestling with something and I could tell, and I was having lunch with my friend. Right. And, mm -hmm. and she said, it's so interesting to watch you work yeah. with people. Cause she came back and I said, how's your day going? And she's like, fine. And yours. And she, she was just right. And I yeah. was like, oh, she's okay. But we brought, we, we got to her. We, we yeah. wore her down <laughs> over the course of lunch. We made her friendly, but it, it's interesting that there are, I never thought of it like that. I was always like, you never know if you're going to meet somebody. I have, I'm doing a book with a guy I met on the sidewalk with his wife because yeah. they were looking for some place to eat. And That's it turned so out cool. they were new to Nashville. And I was like, do you need somewhere to eat? This is good. And that's good. And they were like, what do you do? And I told him and he's like, oh my gosh, I've been talking about writing a book forever. And now we're doing a book. That's so cool. So you just never, I just never know where I'm going to meet people. So what yeah, and you never you? know who you're going to meet. Um, right. I started to value myself. Um, I think that there was a lot of, there was a lot of, um, I'm never going to see this person again is where it started. And then I realized once I dealt with that, that there was an underlying, what do I have to say to this person that matters? Mm. Um, and then I dealt with that and then it became a good thing. I'm never going to see this person again. So it doesn't matter what I say because I can be a complete mm. jackass and they're not going to judge me. Like if they see me as that, right, I can be myself yeah. and they're not going to judge me. And that was where it really started to shift for me because wow. when I was myself, and I expected people to walk away and they didn't. And I actually built deeper relationships. Yep. It was like, oh, this is what it's like. This is what it's like. Yeah. Like I'll never, I'll never forget um, the first time I was having a conversation with somebody and I was actually speaking in front of a group of people and I started crying because it was quiet. And they asked me, they said, what's wrong? And I said, it's just quiet. And they said like, like people are listening to you quiet. And I said, no, in my head, like nobody's telling me that you don't want to listen. Nobody's telling me that oh, wow. what I'm saying is stupid. Like nobody's saying any of that. Mm -hmm. I'm just present and wow. aware. And it's really interesting to get to that place, which I think yeah. breeds so much deeper authenticity that allows me to have the amazing relationships I have now. Yes. Um, so I'm interested to know, because I don't have any experience in this, how you portray that type of authenticity in a written word instead of a spoken one. Like, how do you, and, and it might not be anything that you can answer in, because hmm. there's probably a million answers, but is there some, is there one thing that you, that you try to do that allows the authenticity of who you are to go through the page of a book? Um, I'm conversational. So if we were taught, if I was teaching you how to write a book, I would say, can we agree that the best books are conversational? Yes. Right. You, your favorite authors, right. You feel like, you know, Brene. Mm -hmm. You're like, I've read her books. I've watched Almost her Almost stalker-like, which is a little scary. Don't come arrest me. Well, there's, I always say there's the safe stalker. Yes. Right? It's like some people, it's like, well, I'm stalking them. Like they would be happy. Like I would pay for lunch. I would be a good conversationalist. <laughs> right. Yeah. You yeah. would be super fun. If Brene comes to Vegas, she should totally look you up because yeah. you're awesome. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, so be conversational because your most authentic self is conversational. And so you just let the words go from here through your fingertips 
or speak your words, just be authentically yourself. And then you want to have an editor who doesn't edit you out, who doesn't homogenize your words. So leaves your turn of phrase in the words and leaves your energy and your enthusiasm or lack thereof, right? Like whatever your personality is, it needs to come through in, in your writing. But it will if you don't put a governor on it, which is why it's called a dirty first draft. Yeah. Not dirty, naughty, just dirty, messy. Yeah. I think I mentioned this to you in Dallas that we were always told in law school that there's no um, good writing, only good editing. Um, There's, and, and meaning like not somebody else editing you, but you editing you, right? Like you going through and editing your, your words. And I didn't really understand what that meant. Like I understood it logically, but I didn't understand it emotionally until I started writing my book and the piece of advice I was given was don't edit your first draft until you're done with it. Yes. Because, and, and I thought, but man, like this is misspelled and this doesn't make sense. And this, and, and I wanted to go back so badly. Cause you were, it was beaten into you. <laughs> yeah. But yes. I understood yes. that creatively, like if I went back and fixed that, I was going to forget about the amazing piece of information that was about to come out of my mouth. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, and so that was really interesting to me. And it actually has changed the way that I write legal briefs. Um, really? to where I write my legal briefs the same way now of, I'm just going to write what I want to say, and then we'll put it in the order it needs to go in later. But I want to make sure I don't miss anything, which I, think I want a really legal, cool. I want a legal agreement that's like, hey, you all better behave your damn selves or yes, like, just don't be, <laughs> don't be mean, right? Yeah. Do what you're Stick figures. Do. I'll do what I'm supposed to do. Everything's yeah. going to work out great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if we so... need to break up, we do it in a friendly way. I just know. Saying. Just don't yeah. be mean. Like if yeah. we could just go back to like talking like we were five and six year olds to each other. Right. And like, yeah. be nice. And if you don't have anything kind to say, don't say anything at all. Not nice to say, because I think there's a difference between nice and kind. And there are some unnice things that need to be said that are kind. Um, but yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes. I, I definitely agree with you. There's too many, too many um, long legal contracts. So you have um, a book that's coming out in September um, about everything about you and who you are in your story. Does that book have a name yet? Um, so it's actually not my book. It's a book Oh, called- it's not your book. No. Mm-mm. No, what I, I sent you was a sample. It okay. is a book called Surrounded by Champions. The author is Karen Hunsanger. She is in my Empire Builders Mastermind. And she interviewed people for her book who had been through very challenging circumstances and they turned out okay. And I am one of those people that she interviewed. That's amazing. And the name of the book one more time is? Surrounded by Champions. I love it. Yeah, it comes out in like a week, the 7th of September. So The 7th of September. Yes. And I'll blast that out because I'm excited to read that, especially knowing your story. And I want people to go check that out and be able to read the amazing things that not only you have overcome, but others as well, because I think we gain strength through others' challenges. Yes. Yes. I, I read the other stories and cried. There were some other stories in there that I was just like, I was like, well, the person's alive because they were interviewed for this story. So, whoo, right. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I was, 
really interested to see how they were going to make their lemonade. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting to me because we, we see people from all different ranges of challenges. Right. And, and what I love about people sharing their struggles and sharing their challenges and sharing what they learned about them and how they overcame them is that something might resonate with somebody that is starting to think, oh, but no one cares about my struggle. And then they see their story in someone else Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, but but I can relate to that. And maybe people can relate to me, and, which I think is incredibly powerful. Yes. And you're not alone. Yeah. Is if you're feeling something, if you're doing something, if you're going through something, I guarantee you there are so many other people who are experiencing exactly the same doubts, questions, challenges, heartache, heartbreak, trying, yeah. right? All, all the things. You know, somebody shared a question with me that I posted in my community because I thought it was amazing. And I would love to know if your answer is still the same or if it's changed. Okay. Um, <laughs> on if you could, if you could write the title for the story of your life in six words or less, what would it be? No one saw this coming. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what you said too is it? on the okay. post. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we're consistent, which yeah. I think is is beautiful and amazing, right? Like, yeah. a, and there's the good sides of that, and there's the not so good yep. sides of that, yep. and yep. each one of those, both the good and the bad, create what you have and who you are today, which is this yeah. beautiful, amazing person that loves to help other people share their story. Thank you. Yes. How can people get in touch with you if they want to connect with you to find out? the amazing resource that you are for an author? I'm not hard to find. My name, honorayquarter.com. Perfect. And what do you think is the biggest misconception about hiring somebody to help you write your book? What's the biggest misconception like, what about you, hiring someone? Um, like about um, maybe like um, people, why, why would it be better for somebody to hire a coach to help them write their book instead of try to do it themselves? Like what's the benefit to doing that? Well, so it's like hiring a coach to do anything. Your learning curve when you're trying to do something you've never done, especially something that is complex, like running a business, training for a marathon or writing a book, all of those things have layers and details. And if you don't, the devil's in the details, right? Warren Buffett says, buy low, sell high, invest in things you understand. So like, I should just be able to go make a bunch of money in the market, except the devil really is in the details. And it's what you know, and what you don't know, that are invaluable. When someone can say, okay, so 300 yards from now, there's a snake. Don't go that way. (laughs) Yeah. Go this way. Or when I've used my attorney, my corporate attorney to write agreements for me, and then you get a few years into an agreement with someone and we're like, well, what does the agreement say? I don't know. And the attorney had the foresight to put in the clause that neither of the parties, none of the parties here too. (laughs) Yes, of course. You got to have here too. It's not an attorney didn't write it if it doesn't say here too, therefore. Here too, therefore. Semicolon, however, comma. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, so it's it's having having a guide. Um, started doing the work that I'm doing as I was a business coach, and 
my client said, I found you because you wrote a book. Should I write a book? Yes. What should I do? Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I can tell you what I did. And because I was, I had made all of the mistakes. I'm not saying like I've written 53 perfect books. I don't know that I've written one perfect book, but what I've done is figured out how to combine all of the things to create the end result that's desired. And so when I can say, well, just let me hold your hand. Let me just walk with you through this process so that it's as pleasurable and fun as it should be without the pain and suffering. That's what we all want, right? We want the end result as easily, quickly, and efficiently as possible without pain and suffering, without unnecessary money spent, so that it does the thing that we envision that it's gonna do in our heads. That's why you yeah. hire a coach to do anything. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I had never thought about it applying to book writing as well until, well, first of all, I started writing one. And then second of all, I met you and realized there were people out here who did this. Yeah. Um, but I remember um, when I started my law firm and I remember all the mistakes that I made. And mm. um, I told somebody, I wish I would have known this stuff when I opened my firm. But if I did, I would have just made different mistakes, right? It wouldn't have been this mistake-free thing. I would have made other bigger, different yes. mistakes. Yeah. And I think that that's where that mass amount of knowledge from different perspectives comes in to help you cover the most amount of mistakes as possible from everybody's experiences, right? Right. right. It's it, Tony Robbins says it's not that you don't have it. It's not that you don't have problems. It's that you arrive at your problems in style. It's not that you don't make yes. mistakes. It's that you make you make different mistakes, you make calculated mistakes. And sometimes you make mistakes that turn out to be awesome, right? Yes. Not always, not always is something bad, right? That happens. Someone's like, oh, you went through a divorce on. Oh, it's like, oh, we'll see. Oh, wait, <laughs> 10 books later. <laughs> yeah. I think it turned out okay, right? <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Was it a bad thing? At the time, it felt like the worst thing in the world. But in retrospect, best thing ever, right? Yeah. Put an offer on a house before we bought where we are living now, and we were rejected. They didn't take our offer. They took a lower offer, and we were devastated. We were all, all of us, like the, the three of us and the family and my in-laws, because we were all going to live in this house together. We were all like, whoa, is me? we're never going to find, you know, I've lost one, and I'm never going to love another, kind of like, and, then, <laughs> yes. and now it's like, oh, wait. <laughs> Yeah. So glad we didn't get that place because now we have this one. Right. So in the moment when you make a mistake, it, it could just be a correction. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's so many moments to those. And I, I would encourage you guys listening to think about the moments that you're going through your head right now. Cause I know when you say that there's five or six that are going through yeah. my head that yeah. were devastating to me that yeah. I thought, man, like yeah. life's over, which is very dramatic and also yeah. real for what I was and feeling it's at the real time. In that moment, it's real. Yeah. I've made, I've made a bad decision. Uh, um, it's irrevocable. English is my first language. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's my only language. Um, <laughs> uh, I speak a little French, but I'm not going to try to figure out what the irrevocable, irrevocable word is in French. Anyway, you feel is I have felt in those moments like, oh, I, ha I, I had my shot. I made the wrong decision. Hang me yeah. out to dry. 
Yeah, and in retrospect, I can look back at every single one of those things and go, huh, it was a redirection. Yeah. It was yeah. like, well, you weren't on the right path there, sunshine, sparkle pants, and you didn't take any of the hints we gave you. So we had to make a correction. So this one's a little on you. Okay. <laughs> yes. See, Honore is so much nicer than me. She calls it a correction. I'm the daughter of a construction worker. So I just call it a two by four. I'm like, you're walking and you just get hit in the head with a two by four, right? Oh, like, yeah. It's, it's I mean, the mass truck. It it's the mass truck. But yeah. I learned to ask. I learned, I'm out, I was like bargaining with the universe. I'm like, okay, so send me a feather. And if I don't get it, send me another feather, then yes. another feather. Like, hit me with the brick before the Mack truck, but like yeah. make it like a foam brick. Like, yeah. <laughs> can we just, can we make yeah. the corrections a little a less foam painful? Brick. A foam brick, That's like awesome. a TV brick. <laughs> yeah. Can it like not hurt as much as I know it's supposed to? Yeah. Yeah, mm, for sure. Yeah. Please and thank you. So let's talk about the amazingness that is Empire Builder Summit. What is that? Um, my Empire Builder Summit is coming up in September. I interviewed 24 amazing people to talk to them about the foundational pieces of Empire Building. So Empire Builders Mastermind is my mastermind for folks who have written a book or writing a book. And then they are that speaker. They're the speaker. They're like, well, I'm a speaker and a coach and I need to be an author. So you want to have those three income streams. So I help people to roll up their income streams, to design them, to put them in place. And we focus on one or two new income streams in a year. So the summit was really me interviewing some of the people in the mastermind and then other people I am just blessed to have relationships with who have their own empires to try to give people some some fast passes, right? Like have you ever been yeah. to Disneyland and you bought like the behind the scenes tour and they have a guide that like takes you around, like it's a fast pass and so you just I, go right to the front of the line. It's like you can I, stand yeah. in line for two hours in the sun and get dehydrated for a, for a three minute ride or you can go right to the front of the line. Yes, I've heard how amazing those are. And at the risk of losing a whole lot of listeners to this podcast, I've actually never been to Disneyland. So oh, I need I to I have go. not ever been to, which one haven't I been to? I don't think I've been to Disneyland. I've been to Disney World. Here's what I'm going to tell you about the Fast Pass, though. Just, it, it sounds very bougie and exciting. But if you don't have any line standing time, like all of the twisty twirly things, like after about three hours, you're exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> like, I bet. The, you know, it's I, interesting. It's interesting. I'm reading a book right now. It's so crazy that you mentioned surprise, by the way, in case anybody's listening, I'm reading a book right now. What? Um, and it's Sorry. called You're Invited by John Levy. Do you know this book? Have you heard of this? I haven't. Okay. So this needs to go on your list of things to read. Okay. Um, John okay. Levy, I listened to him on Steve Sims podcast and he was talking about creating these influencer dinners where he invites people to come and eat with him and they cook dinner together, but you can't tell people who you are or what you do until right. you sit down at the table. Right. And then right. you've built these deeper connections with people. And then you find out that you're sitting next to like these fantastic, like gold medalists and, you know, Nobel yep. prize winners and all of this amazing stuff that you would never get to. Cause you would talk to somebody and they'd be like, Oh, I have an Olympic gold medalist. And you'd be like, well, what do I have to say to you? Right. Cause that imposter syndrome kicks in. Right. So, or your, or your, um, doing that thing of like, um, putting people like, um, English is clearly not even my first language right now, but it's like <laughs> when you're thinking about like who, 
who what someone does right yes. what someone does as opposed to who they are who they are it's actually why i love being a rotarian so i've been a rotarian for 25 years okay and this it's a community service organization service above self self the four-way test is what we say is it the truth is it fair to all concerned? Does it build goodwill and better friendships? And is it beneficial to all concerned? That's the four-way test. So the things we think, say, and do, you put it through those four questions, which I think it's is amazing. incredibly valuable. But done stream cleanups and built prisons and, or cleaned prisons and built women's shelters and done uh, backpacks for homeless kids right alongside of the CEOs and presidents of all of the things. And all you're doing, like you build a house in the sun and you're sweating, they smell like, I you know I smell like a goat, right? After a couple <laughs> of hours and you're just like, you're drinking Gatorade every 30 seconds. And and I, the last time I was next to a retired Colonel who had a purple heart, oh, but wow. we were just, we were just nailing boards together, but that's how you like really connect with people. So I, yeah. I actually, I like the idea of be dinner better than, <laughs> yeah, than building a house and nailing boards and yeah. building a house when it's 800 degrees outside. Um, yeah. But nevertheless, yes, I think getting to know people from a spirit perspective, because I'm never really interested in what someone does for money. Yeah. I'm always interested in the fact that they're a human being, not a human doing. So it's like what you do is only one thing that's interesting about you, but it's like who you be is much more interesting. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I think that yeah, you'd you'd really like this. I'm gonna read the takes, book. I'm gonna I'm gonna get takes, it as soon as yeah. Yeah, he, he takes like the um, psychological side of it with the um, how, how to actually build a community. And he talks about how he created this. But what made me think of it is he talks about the brilliance of the 23 minute ride between where you buy your ticket for Disneyland or Disney World. I can't remember which one he's talking about. I think oh, it's Disney World. The yeah. 23 minute ride from where you buy your ticket to where you enter the park. And the purpose of that, whether it was intentional or not, it could have been one of those brilliant mistakes that they get to take credit for now, uh -huh. being to allow people to reconnect with why they went instead of thinking about how much oh. money they just spent to get there. <laughs> um, and how much for a ticket? Oh yes, my yes. And one then you're, kidney. One yeah. kidney. That's all. One kidney. That's it. Just, kid um, just one kidney. You that's all. One. That's all. I mean, <laughs> for each trip though. So start stocking up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but no, check it out. Let me know what you think. I think um, it's, it's amazing. But that community creation, whether you're building a Facebook community, a book following, a brand, a business, like it's so important to understand like what people want and why you are the right person to give that to them. So I think it's just such a fantastic thing. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so where can people find this empire building um, um, summit? I was going to call it empire, empire building empire. That doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> English is obviously a struggle for both of us today. Empire building summit. Where can they find this? Um, so they would want to go and get on my email list. So that's kind of the way because it hasn't been officially, there's no real place to sign up quite yet, but it will be free. So you can, you can attend it for free. Um, go to honorarequarter.com and download my book. Download You Must Write a Book for free. And then you're bound to get an email about the summit. <laughs> yes. Before it takes place in mid-September for sure. Which you guys absolutely should download that book. I am about halfway through you should write a book. Um, I read it on the plane on the way back from Dallas and um, I put it down because I wanted to make it through 
this 30-day book writing course that I had purchased before I met yep. you, before yep. I started digging into all of this other amazing stuff that I knew yep. was going to affect what I was doing, right? One thing at a time. Yep. Um, a time. But it is a fantastic book and there's so many amazing resources that are in there and things that you talk about that I would have never thought of. Um, so you guys should absolutely check it out. We'll have a link to it and um, your website in the show notes. Awesome. Um, so I have to ask, because this is the More Than Corporate podcast and we talk about success, what does success mean to you? How do you define it individually for yourself? Um, uh, freedom. Being successful is having the freedom to do what I want, when I want, with whom I want. And um, that includes being able to work really hard and help people. I so, love it. Yeah. And also every day above ground is a great day, right? Like I, I, I learned, I mentioned Tony Robbins earlier. And one of the things that I learned from him is to make it easy to be happy and hard to be unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. And I so I make that. it easy to feel successful. It's like, you know, right. So I don't always, yeah. when I'm a worker out or like you and I both have that in common. And it's like, I don't always get up and do all of the reps of all of the sets mm -hmm. of all of the things and go for a walk and hit my 10,000 steps. It's like, but did I sweat? Yeah. Did I sweat for, did I sweat for, you know, if I don't, if I'm not feeling good, it's like, I'll press play. And if I get to five minutes, it's like, well, that's five minutes I didn't do. I wouldn't have done if I didn't press play. Right. Yeah. Did I, did I have a cookie? I did, but did I eat some cherries too? Yeah. Okay. That's a win. Right. So successful to me, it, I make it really easy to feel successful because I think the more you do, the more you do, right? So yeah, successful, then I'm like, okay, well, I'm feeling successful. I've got my mojo. And they say, whoever they are, the, the invisible they, that the best time to make a sale is when you've made a sale mm -hmm. because you're already in that energy. So I just yeah. figured out, I'm just going to put myself in that energy. So I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing awesome. I'm feeling amazing. So that then the first thing will actually happen, which then gets the second thing, which then gets the third thing. And all of that makes me feel successful. That's amazing. Um, make it easy to be successful. I think that's such great advice. Has that always been your definition of success or has that changed for you throughout your life? Um, I got that one pretty young. I got that one really? pretty young. I wrote, yeah, I, 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 I got that from Tony pretty young. Um, make it easy to be happy and make it hard to be unhappy. And so then it was like, what's the definition? What is the definition of any of the things, right? What's mm -hmm. the definition of success or what's the def definition of happy? And so for me, I, if I make it easy, um, so if you're happy, it's like, okay, so anytime I'm happy or I see someone else that's happy. So how, when do I feel love? It's like, I don't have to have someone bring me flowers and make me dinner and light a candle. And I don't have to have vanilla M&Ms, right? I don't have a writer. <laughs> like I'm not an entertainer. Like, oh, here's my writer, right? It's like, I feel loved anytime I feel loved towards someone, someone feels loved toward me and they express it. Or I see two people or beings expressing love, right? So like I see two people and they're like, we're celebrating 37 years of, of, being married happily and we're in love. And I'm like, great. I felt love today because yes. I, so I made the, my rules around everything as easy as possible. And I don't always live that. I mean, you could call my husband and he would be like, who are you talking 
<laughs> you know, but I think that's the beauty of it, right? Is we do yeah. the best we can while we can. That's and right. and that humanness is what allows us to connect with people that are in their darkest moments because yes. they see us as imperfect. Um, oh, and for sure. A hundred percent too. A hundred percent. I don't always feel like doing it. Sometimes I am cranky. Sometimes I am um, sad or frustrated, just like any other person. I just, I am, I have been around long enough and have enough miles, years and miles to know that it's like this too shall pass. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and I'm not going to make too much of it because yeah. this too shall pass. Yeah. That's one of my favorite songs. I'm going to send it to you. Um, it's actually in the playlist I sent you, um, a <laughs> songwriter called Sinclair wrote a song, This Too Shall Pass, and you should check it out because it's amazing. I will. Um, I think that there's a difference between telling people that it's okay to be imperfect and showing them though, which is where I think that, you know, those moments of, you know, that Facebook Live that you may do when you don't want to go to the gym, the post that you might make when you're like, okay, I'm here. And yep. man, I did, I did three reps today and they sucked. And then I decided I was done, <laughs> but I did three reps. Right? And so then I good. ate a pizza. And then I the ate a pizza, thing. but I did three reps. So yeah, yeah I love that. Do we All have right. time for one story about that? We have like, time It was so life-changing. It was life-changing and it was in Vegas. So I was speaking to a women's organization. I forget which one, but it was important. It was run by a friend of mine. It was a lunchtime speaking engagement. My daughter was up all night. She was sick. She was throwing up. My assistant slash nanny person decided that she wasn't coming into work. So I had nothing to do with my daughter. I had to scramble. I was stressed and I was without sleep. That's the one thing. Like I can go without food or water, but if I'm without sleep, like hide the knives. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> tell me to go take a disco nap and stand by. And so I was just beside myself. I was single mom, sick kid, like just everything was going wrong. It was like that if if Murphy was with me. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Murphy was with me the whole step of the way. And I got there. And I just was like, I can't stand in front of a room of women and be like, you know, I'm Speaker Barbie. Everything is totally fine. I'm going to tell you how to change your life. And so I started with any moms out there ever have a sick kid up all night throwing up on you. You had to change the sheets. Blah, blah. And I went through the whole thing. And I was like, my goal today was to inspire you and help you to change your life. But right now I might I'm aspiring for zero. Like I'm not motivated. I'm not at zero. I'm down here somewhere, like try not to cry. And I said, but I want to, I have knowledge to share with you and I want to share it with you. But first, let me just get that out. Let me just tell you, like, let me tell you the backstory. Let me tell you what's spinning around in my head right now. I'm like losing my mind, but I'm here. I'm your speaker. I wasn't going to bail on you. And I think it was the best speech I've ever given. It was the most receptive a group has ever been or had ever been up to that point. Because you look at a speaker and you go, they're tall and perfect and they know all the things and blah, 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 right? And ultimately, that's not true. There is no perfect. Yeah. You know, I, I'm so glad that you shared that. Um, this is going to come off incredibly well, I'll let it come off however it's going to come off. Um, sometimes it is the awful speakers that you think, 
oh my gosh, I feel so bad for them being on stage. Like nothing's going right with what they're doing yeah. that inspire you the most yep. because you look at that and you're like, if they can do it, so can I, right? Like, and that <laughs> sounds so like, but what yes. I mean by that, yes. what I mean by that yes. is not like I'm better than that. I mean that they're in the arena getting willing, their ass kicked, Amber. Yes, like, and yeah, so like yeah. cheer for them. Whenever I see yes. someone having a rough time on stage, I'm always like, oh, come on, you got this, right? You yes. practice this in your head. You, you've you been over this a hundred times. You've got your notes. You've got your back, you know, just like take a deep breath. We're cheering for you. We want you to do well. I am never yes. rooting for someone to do bad ever. Yeah, right? I'm too. always just like, yeah, let yes. me hold a space for you, right? If you can't get in there, then put your hands up and hold an energetic space for someone to be amazing. Yes. And and what I mean by that statement is if that person can get up and be imperfect and push through yep. and continue yep. to let everything go wrong. I mean, there was a poor speaker I was watching whose PowerPoint didn't work and then the clicker didn't work. And then like he was basically there. flying by the seat of his pants and yep. not organized enough to yep. do it well. And, yep. and you're just thinking, man, like you can tell by the look on this person's face that every ounce of them wants to run off the stage, go hide and hit <laughs> yes. the reset button. Like, and you're where like, is my people mover? <laughs> yes. Like yes, if that there. person can stand on that stage and wow. be that brave and imperfect and still make it's me okay. feel the things that I'm thinking, yeah. then what, the hell is my excuse, right? That's so right. that's what I meant by that, which is why I said this is going to yeah. sound incredibly like insensitive. No, I, I totally got you. Um, you. I needed to, to clarify for the people that were like, holy crap, Amber, um, <laughs> which was me in my head, by the way. So um, I want to do a quick random round and let everybody get to know you for just a minute if you're okay, okay. with that. Yeah. Um, if you could do any profession other than what you're doing now, what do you think would be fun to attempt? Um, okay. What would I want to do? I kind of love my life, but, um, so back to the Olympics, not running, but I watch the equestrians and it's like, how about we win an Olympic gold medal on a beautiful creature while looking yes. fantastic. So like, like equestrian, I would, I, I, I don't even that. know what that person is called. Queen of equestrianness. <laughs> yes. Um, I can't call myself a horse jumper because the um, horse never actually jumped, but I did try to do this for, for a while. And um, I decided very quickly that that horse was bigger than I am and stronger than I am and that I was not ready to face it in that manner. But um, yes, I, also I love special that. forces. Also yes. like also a little GI Jane. I'd also yes. like to do a little right because I, I like the working out part of it. So I'd yeah. like to do like the one arm push up. Without then, the light getting shot at though, right? No. Although I have a friend who is in the martial service and I'm just kind of like mad girl crushing on her because I'm always like <laughs> I'm like how is my favorite crime fighter and I think she thinks I'm a little nutty but that's okay because I'm always just like you know how are you today 
you know, are you, are you having a bad day? Did someone shoot at you? Okay. No, yes. not so much. Right? No, but I'm <laughs> like my my PowerPoint button didn't work, but no one was actually, no bad guy actually just took a shot at me while trying to yes. evade capture. So it, I think we're fine. It's all about perspective, right? It's Surround right. yourself with people who can yes. keep your perspective. Like, yes, yes. When I was yes. running obstacle course races that the people that did that for me was the amputees. I'm going up a hill and right. I'm like, I can't, walk right. anymore. And then this guy's literally on one leg and passing me. And I was like, all right, Amber, like, go, like you are fine. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and, and we all need it to some extent, that moment that right. shakes us and says, you know, all right, you're done now. You've, you've had your time go, you know, yeah, no more. There's, there's um, nothing like that than the finish line of the, um, Ironman world championships in Hawaii, because they announce all the people as they're coming in. And so it's like, this is John and John is pushing his dad. And John oh. is a, you know, a, a oh. triple amputee who is just setting the world record for amputees in the triathlon while pushing a person in a wheelchair. So I'm sorry, you didn't do your workouts today. What was that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hear that. Oh I hear that, which yeah. I needed because, um, yeah, my, my workout today is I'm dreading it. It's been a minute. So, um, so thank yeah. you for that. It's going to be it's awesome. almost like you knew it's going to be gonna great. feel so good. You're going to yes. feel so good after, even yes. if you hate it during sometimes during I'm like, I did this on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> no, my trainer's amazing. And so I love my, my one-on-ones with him, but I also love being cold. So after I work out, I treat myself to a cryo session. And then that's like the way that I. We're going to have to talk about that because I think if I ever committed a crime, the way <laughs> that they could get me is to send me to somewhere cold. Yeah. Um, I, I, three minutes, a, a negative 180 degrees. I'm good with that. Like I'm okay. That's nope. kind of my way I calm down. Okay. Um, all right. So next question on our not so quick, quick random round, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm loving by the way, Oops. If, if you could time travel, where would you go and why? Oh, um, where would I go and why? Um, uh, I would, mm, oh gosh, I'd have to choose one. I'd like to go about 10 years into the future just for a little reassurance. <laughs> That's why. That's amazing. You know, I've, I've asked this question <laughs> to like a hundred people at this point and your answer is my second favorite. Okay. Um, my absolute favorite was a few weeks ago where before somebody answered, he says, do I get to come back? And I'm like, this yeah, is a I heard you say question. that on another podcast <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I would, I would go for reassurance, <laughs> but then I'd want to come back. I'd go yeah. and like find out, I would, I would look for a few things. I'd be like, where's the stock market and what's yeah. the price of housing and like, yeah. you know, I'm what like, kind of um, car do I want? Yeah. And then I would come back. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a hypothetical question. So you can really do whatever you want. Like, okay. oh, come back, go seven times. Right. I was like, I was like, nobody's ever actually asked me that before. I love that. That's where their mind went. That's funny. Um, it, all right. The book question. So I don't think I've ever been as excited to ask somebody this question as I okay. am with you. If you had to suggest a book, one, <laughs> maybe two, maybe I'll give you three. It's no a um, question. I know it really is. What book do you think individuals who are building their brand, getting their message out other than you should write a book. Not my book. No. Um, um, what should people read? The Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. Ooh. Ooh, I like it. 
So the law of success, I think, was think and grow rich before think and grow rich. I think he wrote law of success because it's very dense. My copy is 1500 pages. It's like this oh, wow. thick. So think and grow rich is not a short book, but it's short compared to law of success. And it's 17 principles, the 17 principles of success. And it's all about how to conduct yourself, how to behave, how to be respectful, how to be respectful of yourself and of money and of everything. Um, and I think it's little, it was a little dense for people. I think, you know, people want a little, a yeah. little candy, right? So I think, I think he wrote, uh, think and grow rich because it had a, a good title. It's clearly done. Well, <laughs> talk about the power of the right title. Yes. Um, right. It's a consideration for sure. Um, so I, I recommend Law of Success all the time. I read it and listen to it once a year. There are several books that are foundational books for me. I always go back and I ground myself in that knowledge, even as I'm reading You're Invited, right? Even yeah. as I'm like, oh, no, another new book. Yay. Oh, yay. Another new book. Um, I'm going back to the foundational fundamental books and revisiting the foundational fundamental things. And if I can say one more Psycho-Cybernetics, Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Okay. Fascinating. If you haven't read it, it's going to, it'll, it'll really make you think. I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised you were able to keep it to two. So I'm really proud of you. Um, I, I won't say the number of books that flash <laughs> through my head and the mental apologies to the authors and the books for not mentioning them. Yes, I know. Yes. It's my fault. You can blame me. Um, okay. She made me pick one. Your journal. Is, Amber um, made me do it. <laughs> yes. I mean, hell, I'm sure there's somebody out there that has that written down somewhere. Yeah. Um, the last question. Um, and this is the one that, this is my book question for, for you. What's your pump-up okay. song? What's the song that you put <laughs> on crack to you get up. in a good mood? It's going to crack you up. I'm ready. Work Bitch by Brittany. <laughs> But it's you the know, remix. It's the six minute version. So we spent um, <laughs> a good amount of time over three days together and uh -huh. um, nowhere near enough at the same time. Agreed. And that doesn't surprise me based oh. upon what I know. Like, okay. I mean, I, I, it does surprise me a little bit in the fact that like, but, but when you say it, I, I see it. I'm like, okay, I can see it. Like the personality's okay. there. Okay. I could see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Honore, I um, could talk to you forever. I could. And there's yes. so many amazing pieces of information that you have in um, your story and your courses and your book. And I'm really excited for people to check those out. Um, Thank you. Honorequarter.com. We'll put that in the show notes. If there was one last piece of information you wanted to leave people with one final thing that you wanted to say what would it be um don't take yourself too seriously don't take anyone else too seriously have fun you're only going to regret the things that you didn't do i'm i'm in the second third of my life i believe because i'm going to leave to 150 and um because i heard recently 100 is the new 60. Ooh. and i was like oh well by the time i'm 60 
125 will be the new 60. And so I'm just going to live to 150. So I've said for a long time, I'm going to live to 150. So I'm in the second third of my life. And the more time I spend on this planet, the more I just regret the things that I have not done. I look back at the things that I wish that I didn't do and go, Ooh. <laughs> also, yay, that there were no like mobile phones with cameras. <laughs> <Roof>. <laughs> So there are some <laughs> moments that I am saved from based right? upon the right? fact that, like, oh, yes. Phew, thank gosh that didn't happen. Um, but it's the stuff I didn't do, the trips I didn't take, the languages I didn't learn, the people that I didn't stay in touch with. That's what I regret. So, yeah, I feel when that. you know better, you do better. And so I'm, I know better and I'm doing better. But I wish I hadn't taken it all so seriously. I wish I hadn't been so wrapped up in what was going to happen and just lived in the now. Like what you said, my head is empty. Like I'm just in this, I'm just in the present moment. I don't have any head noise. Yeah. I don't have any criticism. I'm just right here right now enjoying this moment. And I might yeah. look back later at something and go, I wish I hadn't said that. But yeah, I'm the only one that's probably going to remember it. And, and not once like those, those moments that something comes out of your mouth or you do something that we were talking about earlier that you feel like are those life ending moments, right? Because yeah. like, it wasn't supposed to turn out this way. Yeah. You don't even remember those down the road, but yeah. the conversations and the dinners that you didn't get to have and the trips you didn't get to take, like what, yeah. what you said hits hard for me, especially because so much of my life got put on hold for law school that I am incredibly thankful that I had and yet didn't need to be the center of my life that it was like it could have been it's just going to come in successful. handy yeah. Amber, though it's just going to come in handy all of those things right it's like oh this devastating thing someone's going to come to you I had a girlfriend the other day we had lunch and she said I said what how are you I just looked at her I could read her energy and and I said how are you and she said I'm going through a divorce and I said, throughout our conversation, I said, I am so sorry. And congratulations. Yeah. Because I, once you get through this, it's, it's the great reset. Divorce is a reset like no other. Like you're like managing partner of a law firm and you get a divorce and you decide to like teach yoga and like belly dancing and Bali. Everyone's like, oh yeah, she went through a divorce. It's totally yeah, fine. But if you totally do that cool. right now, right, you're just managing partner at a law firm and you're like, oh, $2 million a year. No, I'm going to give that up. I'm going to be a belly dancer in Bali. They'd be like, we should commit her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, um, where is know, her mother? We're going to call someone. Yes, and get her exactly. Right? Yeah. I, I actually met somebody at a networking event last night um, that told me that she was going through some life changes. And I said, are we sorry or are we celebrating? And she said both. And I yeah. said, I love that. I love yeah. that. So, yeah. Um, which yeah. I think is the only way it can be, right? You can be sad yes. and mourn and celebrate yes. at the same time. So, yes. um, I absolutely love that. Honore, yeah. thank you so much for sharing a little bit of yourself with the audience. I really appreciate you. My pleasure. I appreciate you. I'm so glad we connected. Uh, we're we're a, a lifetime. Just so yes. You know. Just letting you know. Yes. I well. I mean, and and. <laughs> I, I, or I'm a stalker. We're either a lifetime or okay. I'm a stalker, one of the two. Okay, I'm I'll, not going anywhere. I'll take it. So awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that sounds like something that you're interested in, the name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.